How y'all doing today? Y'all doing good? All right, it's good to be before you guys. Uh, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Daniel, and uh, I, if you know Pastor, I am his son, his only begotten son. Amen. Um, so my name is Daniel. I'm really excited to be before you today. Um, I'm really excited. I want to thank the church leaders and elders for giving me this opportunity to speak. I really believe that God has planted something in my heart, um, and, and God is doing something seriously miraculous. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to share you guys what God is doing in us and through his children today because there's things that, you know, I grew up in the church, so I saw a lot of stuff. I saw a lot of movements of God, a lot of revivals. Um, but today is deeper than that. Today is, is, is understanding. It's really what it is, understanding and wisdom of the word of God. And so let's, let's dig into that today. Um, if, if you don't know, so I'm, I'm a coach and I'm a teacher at a high school in Grand Prairie. Um, and I, coaching has been, it's been my first year coaching. It's been, been pretty fun. Um, but I, at the school I teach a, uh, it's called a Hebrews course, but it's like a Bible class. And so um, we walk through the Bible, we walk through the history of the, the Israelites. And so we look at the Old Testament and, and we go into the New, we're about to go into the New Testament. Uh, but they give you like curriculum and I'm there teaching. And it's, it's such a beautiful opportunity for me to have um, because even though it's, it's, it's more of a history class, it's still the word of God. And it's still powerful. And so it's, it's amazing to have. I had a really good conversation with some of my kids. They'll ask really good questions. And I'll give them, hopefully, what I think is really good answers. Uh, but um, the past month, we have been looking into uh, the prophets, the Old Testament prophets. And God began to speak to me. I mean, he's like constantly giving me, the Holy Spirit's giving me these little nuggets while I'm in class. Or we're talking about a prophet and he, and he reveals something to me, opens my eyes. And like I kind of have to hold back in class, like hold back my tears because like Holy Spirit is like ministering to me on the message of these prophets. And so um, we had just kind of been walking through, I mean, Elijah, Elisha, Amos, Jonah, all of these prophets that, that we know, Ezekiel, Daniel. Um, and as they were bringing their message, the Lord began to reveal something to me. Um, and every single prophet had a message, right? For, for some prophets, it was idolatry. For some prophets, it was infidelity. For some prophets, it was rebellion. Um, for some prophets, it was social injustice. And so God began to speak to me through these prophets, and, it, it, and it's really powerful. Um, and so, and I have a lot of notes here. So if I, if I go to my notes here and start scrolling, just bear with me, okay? Uh, there's a lot of things that I want to communicate. Um, I've, had a, I've had a lot of time to prepare. And so I want to share my heart with you guys today. Um, so it really, one thing about teaching a Bible course is that you have to know, well, at least for me, I want to know what I'm talking about. So Every, every day, whatever lesson we have prepared, I really have to dig in deep to the word, to the history, to the, the literal literary context. And it really has forced me, like I'm really thankful for this class. I, like God seriously opened this opportunity up for me to know him better and to understand his, his children better um, and his character. And so it, it, it's really powerful, but, but it caused me to, to really, really open my eyes um, to the words of the prophets and what they were saying and their messages. And it's beautiful and it's powerful. And, 
and like I was saying is that, like, when I look back at the prophets, I see them, and, and I was like, okay, this prophet said this, this prophet said this, this was his message, he did some crazy stuff over here, he did some crazy stuff over here, um, and I began to kind of ask the Lord, I said, why prophets? Like, why did they have those messages? Why were they so extreme? Why, why were they always trying to communicate? What was your point? And I began to ask the Lord, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, um, and just asking him, like, what was the point of the prophets? And that's what I want to dig into today. Um, and, there, and there's a few things that, that we're going to walk through that we really have to pay close attention to the, to the Holy Spirit and what he's teaching us and how he's guiding us. Because if you don't understand, there's, there's a few things I'm going to talk about. If you miss one of them, you'll miss every single one of them. And so let's, uh, let's pray. Let's prepare our hearts for the word of God. Let's yield to the Holy Spirit this morning. So if you bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you. God, we glorify you today. We honor you, God. We are here for you. Jesus, we're here for you. We, we're here to exalt your name. God, we're here to know you better than we knew you yesterday, God. We're here to, to stir up good works, God. We're here to encourage and uplift and understand and know you in a deeper way, Lord. So we ask that, that you open up our minds, that you open our eyes and our ears. And God, may our hearts be tender to your words today. May our hearts be receiving of your word today because, because God, you're worth it. You're worth it, Lord. So I pray over the, the, the service, God, which how you're going to speak to us. Uh, may it be intimate. May it be personal. Not something that we just hear, we get excited about and leave, but something that actually changes who we are. Something that changes how we actually operate through life. So, Lord, we, we thank you. We glorify you. We love you. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Uh, so kind of what I was saying before is we have these prophets, right? And, and a lot of these prophets, I mean, they were extreme, extreme. Like they went to the craziest measures to deliver words of God. They saw these crazy visions. And my question to the Lord was, God, why these prophets? Why, why send messages to, to them? What, what are you trying to say? What's the, what's the whole point? What's the purpose? Because if we look at the prophets, we have Jeremiah who talked about um, he was calling out the false and insincere worship um, within the people of Israel. Um, there was a lot of failure to, and there was mistrust. There was not, there was unfaithfulness um, unto God. If we look at Hosea, uh, man, I love the story of Hosea. And I wish I could get into that today, but I'm not. But it's so, so beautiful. Forgiveness is amazing. Um, but it was infidelity, and uh, they, were, they were defiling the temple of God. Uh, we look at Elisha. It was a lot of social injustice. A lot of bad things were being done to people who didn't deserve it. So Elisha was calling out that. Obviously, miracles. All these prophets were doing crazy stuff. And Elijah, uh, he dealt with a lot of idolatry. He dealt with uh, the, the everybody was turning to the God of Baal, and they were surrendering their hearts to Baal instead of understanding coming to the one true God. Um, and then we look at Amos, who he dealt with social injustice. Um, basically, the, like, the poor were not given equal rights. And so we have all of these prophets, regardless of whatever they said. Here, here's what we need to know. The prophets were sent to call out unfaithfulness. They were sent to call out disobedience. And they were sent to call out unrighteousness. That was the whole point. Okay. And so... These prophets, God would deliver these messages to the prophets. They would go and they would deliver them. And so I began to ask the Lord, we have these prophets who, they were talking about 
unrighteousness and unfaithfulness, and they're trying to get the people to see their sin, right? And they, they're trying to call them to repentance. God is trying to call the people of Israel in this time of the prophets to repentance. He's wanting to bring them back. And so what we have here is, is God using prophets for the people of God to repent. And it's through repentance that then comes nearness. That was the whole point. God wanted to know the children of Israel. He wanted to actually know them. But in order to know God, in order to be with God, you have to have purity. You have to be righteous. You have to be holy. You, you, can't, you can't know God without those things. And so God is sending these prophets to create holiness and to create righteousness within the people of Israel. And it's super, super important that we understand that. And so um, like if we look at Second Chronicles M14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will hear, heal their land. First John 1 John 1.9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So God is sending the people of Israel to, to, to repent. He's, he's trying to get a call to repentance. He's trying to, to get them to understand and see their sin, and not only that, but turn away from their sin. Because that's what repentance is. It's not just saying, oh, yeah, that's not right. It's actually a turning, and it's, it's changing the direction, your trajectory of where you were headed. And so God is sending these prophets to call to repentance. And, and we'll take it a step further. Why repentance? And like I said earlier, the whole purpose of repentance is for God to be near with his children. It, it's, it's the whole point. It's, it's the whole point of today is God wants nearness with you. God wanted nearness, nearness with the children of Israel. Nothing has changed with who God is. God is, is always after you. He's always after us. And so we look at the prophets. It was a call to repentance for the repentance to bring them back to God to bring them back to his feet, to back into his temple. And he, he's wanting them to live faithfully. He's wanting them to live in obedience. But he's, he's having to, to take these extreme measures with these prophets. So there's a call to repentance, okay? And so um, I think what we have to understand, and I'm just setting things up, so just kind of track with me, that, that God wants nearness with you. He wants, he wants to know you, and he wants to grow with you. Grow. God wants to actually nourish your soul every single day of your life, not just on a, on, on a, for an, two hours on Sunday and then an hour on Wednesday. No, the, real, the, the nourishment of God comes every single day. It comes when you wake up, right when you open your eyes and, and you have consciousness, the spirit of God is speaking to you and he's nourishing you. And so the, the, the whole point is, is, is nearness, right? And so that's why we have the plan of salvation. That's why God sent his son, the ultimate sacrifice. Everybody knows why we're here, right? And so the, poor, the purpose of Christ and his, his sacrifice and the plan was to bring us back to him. And, it, and now it wasn't no longer just exclusive for the children of Israel, but now it's about all nations. That's why God told Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And so it's, it's just important for us to understand these things as I'm going through them because it's, it's it will basically kind of build up where we're going. Um, and so what I want to do today, and I'm kind of getting towards more of the body of my message, is that I want to talk to us about the unfaithfulness in our lives. And, and the Lord has, the past few years, opened my eyes to some things 
And, and we need to walk through our unfaithfulness, our idolatry, our infidelity, our rebellion with God. And, he, and here's, here's the, the tricky part about it, is it doesn't look the way it did in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we have people that would actually make these, these graven images, and they would perform sacrifices, they would put them in the temple, and they would worship them. It's not like that today. And so for us, and, and basically I, I kind of have seen it like this, is that, man, the enemy is so crafty. He has, he has disguised unfaithfulness. He has disguised rebellion so that our eyes could never actually see it. And we think we're walking with God, but we're actually walking in rebellion and we're walking away from God. And so, man, this is so important because if, if, if we don't understand these things, then we will never actually know and grow with him. We'll just hear about him a few times a week and maybe read a few messages, maybe a few podcasts, uh, maybe a few worship songs in the car. Um, but it's just, it's so, so much deeper for that. And, and the heart of this message is for, for God to bring you back to him. That, that's the whole purpose of why I'm up here. That's the whole purpose of why we exist is to walk with him and to walk like him. Nothing else, nothing more. To walk with him and to walk like him. So here, here's, here's what I want to talk about today. I, I, like I said, I want to talk about our unfaithfulness and our disobedience as, as 2022 people living in this era. It looks way different than it looked back then. And like I said, the enemy has disguised that. He's disguised it so we could think that we're walking in obedience and faithfulness, but actually we're walking in unbelief. Yeah. And so here's what, I want to, here's what I want to talk about. And, and understand that what I'm saying is through the, the eyes and the lens of love because the whole purpose, like I said, is for nearness. It's not to call out things in you. It's to bring you back to God. That was the whole purpose of the prophets. It wasn't to, to, to make them feel bad. It was like, no, I want to know you. But I can't know you because you're walking in disobedience and unfaithfulness towards me. And so God wants to know you this morning. So I'm not here pointing fingers. What I'm here doing is, is opening our eyes so that way we can step out of our flesh and walk in Christ and know him each and every day of our lives. Woo, y'all ready? All right. So I, I truly believe that, that God is revealing some things to, to people in, in, in this time, um, in this age, that he's revealing the unfaithfulness, that he's taking the veil off of our eyes, and, and we're now beginning to see the things that we once thought were of God, were just had the appearance of God. Um, and I believe, like I was saying, it's, it's the same, it's, in, in principle, it's the same thing. It's still rebellion, but it just doesn't look like what it used to. And for me, and what I've seen growing up in the church, and this is for the people of God who know him and have grown up in the church and, and understand the word, and we, we're here, and we're, I don't know how long you guys have been coming to church, whatever, but I, th- I really truly believe that our unfaithfulness is our unbelief. I truly believe that, that our rebellion is our wrong belief and our misunderstanding of who God is and who we are. I think that for too long that we've walked in humanity and not walked in Christ. And, and the idolatry of today is idolizing our humanity above the word of Christ. This, this, is, 
this is, man, like this is, it's so deep, we can't miss it, so simple, but we have to be able to see this, is that we idolize our flesh and our humanity and our mistakes and our hardships and our failures more than the word of God and walking in Christ. I think that a lot of it is, 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 it comes down to lack of faith. And I'm going to talk about faith here in a little bit. And the Holy Spirit showed me something about faith that I had never seen before. And it's, and it's so, so beautiful. And, it, and it, 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 like, makes the word faith to me, like, pop. Like, it has so much more color now. It's so much more vivid and so much more beautiful. Um, so um, I think that we've let our experience and our humanity and our flesh actually speak louder than the word of God. We've let it speak louder. We've let our experiences and other people's experiences speak louder than who God says we are. That's, that's the truth. And I, I, I think we're, we're walking in it because it's easy, because it's comfortable. I, we, man, I, one of the things that I hate as just a person, I hate mediocrity. I hate it. It disgusts me, and so does the Lord. And so for me, I, I can't walk in mediocrity. I can't walk in comfortability with the Lord. There, there has to be something in your life that you, every day you're sacrificing. Because if, if you don't wake up every day and sacrifice something, I think you may be missing a few things. And so today is opening your eyes to maybe some things that you didn't see. Maybe to some things that you thought were normal, but they're not. So let's look at it. Um, so I think there's a few things that I've written down. Um, we've let our humanity speak louder than Christ in us. We have allowed the enemy in our flesh to take residency in our life instead of regarding the flesh dead. I think we've believed into lies and deception and that we have chosen to follow the deception and the lies and the unbelief because it's easy. And that's the idolatry in our life. Our idolatry, I think we idolize sometimes our doctrines and our theologies more than we idolize our father. I think that, that we spend so much, so much time worrying about other people believing the exact same way than us and not idolizing our father. Because I, I struggle with that a lot growing up. I, I remember when I went off to SNU, man, I, had so, I was walking in so much pride and I didn't even know it. And, and I, I, when I was in college, it was a little different. They weren't as spirit-filled. It was a little different. And so I walked on campus and I was proud. Like, I, I, I kind of carried myself in this way that, like, I was kind of on this different level of spirituality. Um, and I was walking in pride, and I didn't even know it. But the Lord kind of opened my eyes to some things, um, and, and it really humbled me. And I, man, I, I, I understand that because I was there. And, and the Lord is still walking me through things and still opening up my eyes to things that I didn't see yesterday. And so that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit is that he's teaching us, he's guiding us, and he's nourishing us, and he's, 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 he's giving us wisdom, and he's imparting to us revelation. And so it's just the beauty that we get to walk in every single day. Um, so I think here, here's, here's, here's it right here. The unfaithfulness in our lives. We have actually wrongly viewed the death and resurrection of Christ and what that means for us. I think, I think like we understand the big picture. Like we, we get that. But there's things like why God did that and what does that mean for us now walking today? Like just breathing and walking and going to our jobs. What does that mean for us? Because, man, it's, it's, it's deeper. Like there's more. There's more. And, and if we don't, if we aren't constantly seeking the more, then I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I think that we are idolizing 
other things. We're idolizing, I don't know, church attendance. We're idolizing how much time we volunteer, uh, how much time we spend doing things, how much time we're spending in prayer, how much time we're spending in the word. We're idolizing these things above who God is in our lives and how he speaks to us each and every day. And so, like I said, I think that we've wrongly viewed the death and resurrection of Christ in the sense of what it actually means for us. Because we know that he died, he forgave our sins, his blood covers us, but that's just the first part. That, that's the part where you're actually, when you receive that, then you're born of God. But that's just the first part. That's not, that's not Christianity, that's just the first part. That's, that's, the, that's the first part of your journey in your growth with the Lord. When you understand that and you receive it by faith, I'm about to get into faith because it's super important. When you understand and believe it by faith, then that's, it's the moment you're like, boom, you're born of God. You walk with the Spirit. Holy Spirit is speaking to you and nourishing you every single day of your life, and you're growing with the Lord. That, the understanding that God died for your sins is just the first part. It's not, it's not the entirety of your life. Like, that's like beginner level, I don't want to say beginner level Christianity because that's not about levels, but it's just like you just stepped through the door. But now you got a whole, you got a whole uh, palace to explore. Like you have just stepped through the door. When you understand that Christ died for your sins, boom, you open that door, you're born of God, and you walk into the house of the Lord. And so now you're with him, and, and, and you, you get in the word, and you, and you hear from other people, and you hear from your pastors and your leaders, and you hear from Holy Spirit each and every day, not two days a week. It's, it's, a, it's a life. Like, like God came to restore you, God came to restore us, to help to make us and, and to give us the ability to walk in new life and not walk in the law, right? That, come on, that's scripture. That's scripture. Okay, so let's look at Romans 6 today. Let's look at Romans 6. Then there's a few other scriptures we're going to walk, walk through. But I want to look at Romans 6, and I, I kind of want to set a foundation for what we're going to talk about. Romans 6, and we're going to start in verse 6. It says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? Far from it. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have become, now this is a big if, if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. In order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For the one who has died is free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all time. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11. So you too. Consider yourselves, reckon yourselves to be dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Okay, 
The death and the resurrection is just the beginning. It's just the, you've opened the door to him. You've opened the door to the plan of salvation to your life. And then there's things that have to take place in your life in order to continue to walk with him. And so it's understanding a few things that we have actually died with him. The same death and resurrection, we went through the same process. When we gave our lives to the Lord, we died and were then resurrected with him. That's why we have baptisms, because it's a beautiful symbol of being dead, alive to Christ. And so here's, here's what it is. I, 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 for a long time, I, I just always thought that Jesus died just to pay for my sins. But there's, there's more to that. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just the cleaning of the sin. It was the removing of the sin to put him into you. Because, like I said, God cannot dwell in impurity, in unrighteousness, and unholiness. So God had to remove, remove you, remove your flesh, remove your sin, your idolatry, your rebellion. And then, once that happens, then he can come and invade your space. Then he can come in. And so... Christ died for more than just your sin. He died to put truth back into you. He died to restore the image that he had placed on Adam. He died for that. He died to to bring back purpose into your life. Come on, like this is beautiful. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. He didn't just die for your sins. He died to remove your sins so that he could come in and he could restore you and he could put truth back into you. Man, he could put purpose back into you. That That was the point of the cross. He wanted to restore the dynamic that he had with Adam in the garden. That relationship that he had with Adam. He would walk with Adam. He would talk with Adam. Man, how beautiful is that too? And one day, we're going to be with him. (laughs) And we're going to walk with him. And we're going to talk with him. And and he's going to embrace us. And he's going to tell us he's proud of us and that he loves us. And that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. But he died, like I said, to put truth back into you, to put purpose, to restore the image he placed on, on Adam. Um, and he died so that you would stop living for you. This is a big one. This is, this is the if, the big if that I was talking about is that I don't, know, I don't think we understand that when Christ comes, that we actually have to die. That we actually have to put off our flesh because we can't just open the door and just stand there and look around. Like we open the door. And what does the Bible say? That we boldly approach the throne of grace. And so, oh man, there's so much to that. But um, uh, he died so that we could walk in newness of life. He died so that we could walk in freedom. And when you say freedom, like freedom from what? Like is it freedom from your sin? It's freedom from you. Freedom from your flesh. It's, free, it's freedom from your, your atom. The, the, the Adam that had, that had sinned and, and fallen away from God, that unrighteousness, the holiness, God died so he could remove you from the equation and put himself into you. That's for purpose. It's truth. It's restoration. It's God trying. He's actually, he actually wants to walk with you, not just when we get to heaven, but right now. He wants to be near to you right now in this moment. He wants to speak to you, and he wants to hear your voice. So now that we kind of have, have read that, right, I, I think that one of the big deceptions that the enemy allows us and forces us and blinds us to believe is that we can't actually walk like Christ. 
The enemy will tell us every day, can't do it. You can't do it. It's impossible. You're just a human. You can't do it. You're always going to fall. It's who you are. You've always done this. Look at you. For, for, for five years, we've been doing the same thing. You're never going to get out of it. You're going to keep falling. You're going to keep going through hardships. You're going to keep struggling. And the enemy will feed us these lies. And we believe in them. Why? Because it's comfortable. And it feeds, it feeds, it feeds our flesh. It makes us feel, what's the word? It makes us feel like, uh, yeah, justified. There it is. It makes us feel justified for what we've done and where we've been. But man, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the biggest lies that we can believe in because if we walk into that lie that our humanity speaks louder than the actual words of God, if we walk into that lie, we'll never actually know and grow with him. We'll just hear about him. We can't reach him. We'll just hear about him. And hopefully, hopefully on that day, I'll make it through the pearly gates. Like, man, it, that's not what it's about. I'm telling you right now. And so... Here, here, comes, here comes the next thing that, I, that is very, very crucial in this step because I know that it is, it's through human strength, it's impossible. Through human strength, it is impossible to walk like and to walk in the nature of Christ. Okay? It's impossible through human strength. And so I think what we have to understand is we have to let go of our experiences and the things that we've been through and our struggles and let the word of God speak louder than those things. We have to let the actual words of God, come on, the voice of many waters. We have to let the word of God saturate us and speak louder than everything that we've been through in our life because there's more. I'm telling you, there's more. We have to understand that we have to believe that, that, that there is more to these words, okay? And, and I think that a lot of us, like I said, like the whole purpose is to walk with him and to walk like him. I think that a lot of us, and I didn't really grow up, I didn't even understand this, but that wasn't really my goal. I, every day I woke up, I was just hoping that, that I lived right. And I was just hoping that, that I would please God. And I was just hoping that, that I would make my parents proud. And I was just hoping that, you know, things that were coming in my life would work out. And, and I was all concerned about me, 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 me. And my thoughts were all inward, all the way. It was about what I experienced, what I'm going through, what I need. What I, 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 just every situation, it was just about me. And it was always, it was always... Uh, 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 striving. I was always striving to, to, to get that blessing, to, to, to get those things that we all want in life, to, to chase after that, I'll say, American dream. And, and uh, I think that what the Lord has revealed to me is that the actual blessing of God is Christ in us, the hope of glory. <laughs> the blessing the blessing of God is Christ in us, the hope of glory. The Bible says that, the, that Paul tells us that that's, it's the riches of God. Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's the great mystery that was revealed. Even the prophets, maybe they didn't know it. I don't know. But the people of Israel didn't understand what was coming. Because Christ wanted to remove us so that he could come in. So that he could come in. Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's the blessing of God. 
Can we let go of our natural understanding and our natural idea of what it means to be blessed? Because, man, if you go back and you look at the history of the apostles, they were not blessed according to our standards. Man, they walked really, really hard lives. It was, man, so I go read their stories, and it makes me, like, even now I get choked up because they had a hard life. I mean, constantly in prison, constantly persecuted. They, they were, man, they were shipwrecked. Like, Paul went through so, so much. And then I feel like, like, I feel like I'm ungrateful sometimes because we pursue all these blessings and all these material things. But then you look back at people who walked with God. Man, their lives look totally opposite than what it looks like today. And, and it's not about, I'm not here pointing fingers because this has to do with me. Like God spoke to me and he hit me and he wrecked like who I was and my understanding and my thought process about that. But the blessing of God, the, the, the riches of God is not money. It's not finance. It's not successful fi- finances. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. That, that is the reason. It's the reason why we're here. It's the reason why we're here. So it's, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. The blessing of God is what I wrote down. The blessing is to be with God and to be like God. That's the blessing of God. That's the gospel. That's Christianity. So if you're here for any other reason than that, it's not him. It's not him. Let's, now, I want to talk about something because I could, everything that I've said thus far, if it hasn't landed yet, lack of faith. If it hasn't landed yet, there's a lack of faith. And this is, this is why I want, I want to talk about faith real quick. Because for a long time, I had a very narrow, very narrow view of how I saw faith. I, I had always thought that if I needed something in my life, I needed faith to get it. Which, obviously, that, that, it comes into play in that sense. But that was all that I saw faith through. Um, and I didn't see it for a lot more than that. I, I just was like... Man, if, there's, if you're going through something, man, have faith, brother. God's going to come through. And that's true. Like, have faith in those things. But there's more. Like I said, there's more. Because what does the Bible say in Hebrews eleven six? 6? It says, without faith, is it, Im- it, it is impossible to please God. Why would God say that? Because let's look at Ephesians 2, 8. For it says, by grace you have been saved through what? Faith. faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Romans 3.28 says, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by, apart from the deeds of the law. And then Hebrews 11 tells us what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. And so I, I want to open our eyes to faith a little bit in regards to how we walk, in regards to walking with Christ and walking with the Lord. Because faith is not just about having faith that God will come through in your situation. Faith actually precedes justification and grace. And so if you're in a situation, right, because we're talking about walking like Christ and through humanity, it's impossible through, through your own strength. It's impossible. Right. And so we're walking with Christ. And if there's been a time in your life where you have fallen, here's here's where faith actually comes into play. When you fall. Right. There's not really evidence of Christ in the failure. Whether how big or how small it was, whether you said something stupid, whether you did something really, really bad. In those moments, it's hard to see Christ. But what is faith? The evidence of things that are not seen. And so in those moments of failure and hardships and trials and and when we're on the floor and we're crying, 
Our faith is not that God will just make a situation happen. Our faith as actually comes forth, brings justification and grace, and it's through the, the power of grace that we actually believe that we will walk like him, that we will be with him, and that we will be like him in every situation. So your faith, I'm telling you right now, your faith is not just to believe for God to do something in your life. Your faith is for your justification and grace. And what is grace for? The grace is, the, is not just, oh, you messed up. It's all good. Grace is, no, you're good. Let's get back up. I love you. You can do this thing. I have given my son for you. I have planted my spirit in you. Let's walk. Let's walk. Come on. Grace is the empowerment to walk like Christ. That's what it is. That's what it is. And so you have to receive everything I'm saying by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because without faith, you can't walk in grace. Without faith, you can't walk in justification. And so we have to come to God in faith with this and say, God, even if I can't see Christ in me, I know he's there. And I know he's going to shine brighter than whatever's upon me. That, man, that's, that's why we're here. That's why God has planted us. That's why we're here as a body of Christ is so that we would actually shine brighter than the world around us. And so I want, I want us to be faith crazy. And that doesn't just mean, oh, yeah, God's going to do it. No, that means, man, Christ in me, the hope of glory. I promise you that if there's a moment in my life that I will have faith that, I, that Christ in me, the hope of glory, will shine brighter than my trial. Man, I, I, I'm telling you what, I, what I don't, what I've hated growing up, I feel like I was always, I was always controlled by, by human emotion and by what, thi- what, what things, what they did to me, uh, how they treated me. I was literally controlled by those things. And that is flesh. That's not him. We know and understand. That's obvious, right? And so here's where faith comes in. In those moments where people are, are treating me terribly, whether you are justified in that or not, it doesn't really matter. In those moments, your faith goes before that. And your faith actually says, no, as he is, so am I. And your faith precedes the trials. It precedes the hardships. It goes before. It brings great grace and justification so that you can actually walk with Christ and walk like him. Man, this is, this is, this is the gospel. This is what God has created us to be. Like I'm telling you, there's more. There's more. Like I, I wonder if Christ just died for us to complain and struggle about our hardships. I wonder if Christ just died for us to say that we'll never actually be able to achieve greatness or, or spiritual success. I wonder if he died to put truth back into you and restore who you are and to put himself in you so that you would walk on this earth like Christ. Man, there's more. I'm telling you that there is more. If, I wonder if, 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 oof, this is good, but it's touchy, but just receive it in faith, Okay. I wonder what, this is what I wrote down. I wonder what would happen if the substance of things hoped for was never about us. I wonder what would happen if, if that idea of faith was not about what we wanted. I wonder what would happen and how different the church would look if our faith was never about us and it was always about him. Man, how drastically our lives would change, how drastically people around us would change because we would wake up and it's not about us. Our faith isn't about 
God, give me, give me, give me, give me. God, please, I hope I receive the God, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying to not put your request before the Lord. Put your request before the Lord. That is scripture. That's amazing. It's beautiful that we can ask him for things. But here, here's the deal is that I just think that we're so self-centered about our faith. And there's so much more. Faith is, is, is to produce good works. It's, it's for grace to come in and justification to come in. It's the empowerment where you just, can, you just walk with Christ and you have faith. Even when, even when there's no evidence, faith. Even when there's no evidence of maybe in the situation you messed up, there was no evidence of Christ there. It was all flesh. In that moment, faith kicks in and says, no, man, come on, I'm going to walk with Christ. And you, you have to put those things off. What, is, what does Romans 6 say in verse 11? It says, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. You have to receive that by faith. By faith. It's not through human works. You receive it by faith and you allow the spirit of God to work in you and to remove your pride and to remove your flesh. So that way when you wake up, everything's not always about you. Man, the Lord has really opened my eyes up, and He can, the Holy Spirit convicts me because there's so many days, and I'll, it's 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 um, it's just like your that's your nature, that's that's what you you wake up and you just it's about you already. But there's more. It's it's waking up and it's considering yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ, Christ by faith through grace. That's what it's about, man. And so that we can actually walk with God, we can, we can actually begin to resemble the image of Christ. Man, if we could, if our faith was not about us and what we wanted, but it was, it was about God, I have faith that whatever you're going to do today is going to be done through me. Whatever you want to do, God, in me, all the, 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 the sin habits in my life, man, I'm telling you, the sin habits in your life, if you give those to God in faith and even in the midst where there's no evidence and you can't see the change, you still have faith and you know that God is working in you. I promise you it's going to change. It changed for me. It changed for me. God removed things out of my life that I was in habits of. Only by faith through grace. Only by faith through grace. It wasn't until I actually learned that. By faith through grace that I know Christ is in me and he's going to produce in me his image and his fruits. And I'm going to walk like him and speak like him and talk like him and react like him. It wasn't until I believed that that I actually began to start walking in that. And we, we've said it before. Dad has said it. I, we've said it in our young adults group is that you're never going to be more than what you believe. If you believe that you're just a sinner and you always fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. You are going to fall short every single time because you believe that in of yourself. But if you, if you believe by faith through grace that you're going to step into the nature of Christ and you're going to consider your flesh dead and consider yourself alive to Christ, I promise you things will change. Even if you can't see it right away, it's faith. It's faith. Every single time, even in the midst of your hardship and failure, it's faith. Man, faith kicks in and says, no, 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 no. That's not him. I can walk like him. It's the faith to believe that you'll actually walk like Christ. And you let go of you because it says, the Lord says that my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So it's not of us. It's not anything that we can muster up and strengthen ourselves through and, and just power through. It's the literal gift of God. So to walk like him requires faith, okay? Um, faith uh, gives us grace, um, and grace then gives us mercy and justification and righteousness and holiness. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, 
2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. It's sufficient. I don't care if, if, if you're falling into the same habit. It's sufficient. It's sufficient. I just read it word for word. It's sufficient. So in the midst where you can't see in the evidence of things that are not seen, you have faith. Faith kicks in. Grace, it's sufficient. It's sufficient. Believe it. You have to receive it by faith. I mean, we're, we're faith people. We have to receive those things by faith. So, mm, I can't wait for this part. All right. I want to talk about the benefit of faith. And now, I don't want you to go talking about, or, or when I say benefit of faith, this is not natural. This is, this is not a, a, a financial breakthrough. It's not what I'm talking about. The benefit of faith, because faith, after faith comes grace, justification, mercy, Christ-likeness, the fruits of the Spirit. The benefit of faith is being a son. Psh. The benefit of faith, walking in faith, is being a son and daughter of the King of Kings. That's the benefit of faith right there. That's every day, that's the pinnacle of our walk with the Lord. Man, that's, that's, that's it. Um, I, I don't know if we, if, if we truly understand what it means to walk as a son and daughter of the King, but here's what I want to say, that, that the pinnacle of my Christian walk is not this. Me with the microphone on stage preaching, this, I'm not at the prime of my, my Christianity. Being, being, a, being a leader, being anything in any church system is not the pinnacle of your walk with Christ. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's great. It's beautiful. I love this opportunity I have to get to share with you. But this is not the pinnacle of my walk with the Lord. This is not my, my greatest achievement with my walk with the Lord. My greatest achievement, my benefit of faith is walking as a son. Man, walking as a son. This is not the pinnacle of my Christian faith. A microphone is not the pinnacle of your faith with the Lord. Man, that, we got to get that. It's so simple. And we can get lost in, in, in the church things and, and, and the culture of church and like wanting to come and lead prayer and sing songs. And it, it, This is not the pinnacle of our lives. It's not. The pinnacle of our life is walking with God and walking like God, and then when we leave this place, we will see him in glory. That's, man, that's it. That's, that's the pinnacle of our walk with the Lord. It's, it's the whole point, like why we're here. Like, what do you think Christ paid for? You think, do you think Christ paid for, for us just to kind of waddle around and just kind of struggle through life? And, and man, oh, if, if, you, if you knew the things that I've been through, man, if you had only, you don't know what I've been through, like, Christ paid for more than that. We, we can't, we can't, here's what we can do. We can't start comparing experiences and, and say, well, I went through this and I went through that. Well, you don't understand this. You don't know. This is just the word of God. We have to receive this by faith that when we understand that we walk in grace and we walk in righteousness and holiness, uh, uh, Colossians 1, one of, one of the most beautiful scriptures, it, it changed my life entirely because for a lot of my life, and I'll just share this like small testimony that I was in my room and I'd opened my Bible to Colossians 1, and it was Colossians 1, I think it was 19 through like 23, and um, I had been struggling, and I didn't even know it, but I had been struggling a lot in my life with the way that I saw myself. I was super hard on myself. Um, I didn't under- really understand how God saw me and what he had actually given to me. Um, and Colossians 1 actually says that because of the blood of Christ, 
you're holy, you're blameless, and above reproach. And it was in the moment where I read that, and the Holy Spirit told me this. He said, the second that you don't see yourself as holy, blameless, and above reproach, you've traded in my grace for works. Because you said, you said in your mind, unconsciously, whatever, that you did something to take away your holiness. So now, what do you have to do? You have to do something to gain the holiness back. That's not the way it works. The Bible, like Christ paid for more than that. We walk in holiness. We walk in righteousness. And you re- we receive all, all of these things by faith. By faith. Um, oh, man. I believe that uh, there is an image God has placed on you. And it's not your humanity. It's not your ability to fail. It's not your experience. It's not your hardships. It's the appearance of grace, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's our image. That's our image. And we receive that image by faith every single day. Every single day. It's very easy to fall out of that. It's very easy to walk comfortably through life. In, in your flesh. And here's the deal. It's like I'm telling you. This is not the pinnacle of my Christian walk. It's not the pinnacle of anybody's Christian walk. I don't care if there was thousands of people up here. The pinnacle of my walk with the Lord is when I'm going through a trial, but my faith is, is more than my trial. And, and the way that I see myself, and it's actually Christ working through me in my trials. Because there's, there's a lot of, oh, man, we, we could probably write books and books about the things, how, how wrong people have treated us. We've all been there. But Christ speaks a better word. He, he really does. It's, it's so truth. And so the pinnacle of our, of our walks is when, when, when something knocks us down, when, when somebody says something to us that triggers our flesh, the pinnacle of our walk with the Lord is when we kill that. And we walk like him. And we walk with him. That's the pinnacle. I'm telling you, it's not about achieving spiritual greatness and having all the gifts of the spirit. Like, man, that's beautiful and we speak in tongues and we prophesy, and that's, that's, that's biblical. But that's not, that's not what we're striving for. We're striving to know God. We're striving to be near. This whole message is to bring you back to him into right understanding so that you could actually boldly approach the throne of grace and walk with him. I don't know, I don't know how you guys feel about actually boldly, like if the, if the throne of God was here, could you ap- approach it boldly? I would like to say for me that I would. Because that's my understanding. I know that Christ paid for that. So I don't, I don't walk in who I was. I walk in him. And I walk through him. And so um, I, his grace is sufficient. Have faith and believe that. Even in the midst where there's no evidence of Christ's likeness. Faith kicks in and says, no, Christ will be produced in me. Even if you mess up and the situation's over, you can't do nothing about it. Man, you still believe and you have faith that Christ is working in you something far greater than you could ever achieve on your own. Man. So I say, I I, I kind of finish with this and and, and the the last thing, and then we're going to transition to communion, which I think is very, very timely. Um, But Romans 6.11, consider yourself dead to sin. And alive to God in Christ Jesus. Your image is not your failure. Your image, the image God placed on you, is not your emotions. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Um, 